Has a lane, 15-10, touchdown, Chargers! What's up, guys? Welcome into a bi-week edition of Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith. Bolts on a much-needed bye, 4-3 and three at that bye with Atlanta on deck. And Money, I guess we could start with the Seattle game. It wasn't what everybody envisioned. Uh, you go down 17-0, you're outscored 41-3 to in the last three games in the first quarter. Um, a slow start, uh, a tough finish, and that's the result, 4-3. and three. Yeah, it's, um, you know, again, I assume we'll probably just start with with Seattle and, and get into that. And yeah, I think, look, when we were talking, you know, on, on this, we're, we're discussing, ah, 6-1 and one and 5-2 and two and how yeah. great will that be? And look, it's you still 4-3. Four four and three. Three. You said 4-3. Yeah. I mean, they're still, you know, they are, they're still in the playoffs. Technically, they'd be the seventh spot. They'd be the very last team in the playoffs of the season ended today playing the Chiefs in the wild card round, not ideal. I think it's less about the record and just kind of more about the way they looked and some of the concerns there. And just, it's been a very, um, I think the, the best word I can use is curious. It's been a very curious pattern. Um, and, and again, I, I never speculate on, on medical because what the, I, look, I barely know what I'm talking about when it comes to football, let alone, you know, medical conditions, but just like Justin just doesn't look right. It just it does not look like the Justin Herbert that we are used to seeing. Um, the decision making, uh, the just sort of unwillingness to push the ball downfield, and look, so much goes into that: protection, pass catchers that are available. Um, you know, what did the play call for? We have no idea. What it, you know, where's his hot read? Where's he supposed to go? But you know, this is a team that is in the very bottom of the NFL on offense in explosive plays and at the very bottom of explosive plays allowed on defense. And, and that, is a, that is a rough combo, man. When, when you're watching, you know, when you're watching Kenneth Walker take it to the house on a pitch, you know, and, and every week we seemingly have one of these explosive plays, especially in the run game. And meanwhile, you've just got nothing downfield from the offense. Um, it's something that we asked, you know, Coach Staley about on our, on our radio show earlier this week. And it's clear they're trying to figure it out. Um, but to me, like, that's the one thing that's really raised its hand and, and I am certainly concerned about is just how many explosive plays are being allowed and how few explosive plays we're seeing on offense. Yeah. Well, let's break it down, like offense, defense, and then just the injuries. I think offensively, yeah. I think what's concerning is I, I just talked to Austin Eckler for something we're doing for CBS LA. He has 53 receptions this year, Money. He has 18 more than the next running back in the NFL, Christian McCaffrey. A lot of dump-offs to Austin, which proves your point of, of not getting the ball down the field. They have not been able to run the ball efficiently and consistently. They ran the ball, I think, 12 times against Seattle, who was 31st in rushing defense. They allowed 166 the most, per game. <laughs> 166. 995 for the season entering Week 7, and they couldn't run the ball for whatever reason. And, you know, Lindsley was back, and I realized, no Rashawn Slater – um, now Keenan comes back. He was on a pitch count. You know, he didn't play in the second half. Mike Williams goes down, which is going to be a, a huge loss potentially. I think coach Staley said weeks, not days. So there's a lot of factors there. The wide receivers, right? If you have a Keenan who's less than hundred percent, no Mike Williams against Atlanta, no Jalen Guyton, who was their fastest receiver. 
what do you do to get the ball down the field? And and to your point yeah. about Justin, I, I think that rib injury is is something, man. It, it's it's something that we were told it's not going to go away overnight. And he's still, I think, playing through some pain. He, he has fewer offensive linemen uh, than, he, than he came in with and fewer weapons on the outside. Yeah, look, I mean, appreciate Keenan trying to go, um, but it was 14 snaps. You know, it's uh, that's it. It's That's all he was able to play. Uh, you mentioned Mike going down. And just when you look at the receiving core, you know, the, clearly, you know, Michael Bandy, and, you know, is – you know, Bandy is on a he's, – he's being asked to do things that he shouldn't be asked to do, I think is the best way I can put it. And also you can just tell that he and Herbert are not in sync. You know, there's balls being put in spots where, for whatever reason, Bandy's not there, he's not quite there yet, and there's just that chemistry's not there. So that's an issue. Um, you know, Guyton, like, his loss cannot be overstated. Yeah. The, the team's just they're – not, they're not honoring – I mean, you're talking about one of the strongest arms. You know, it's between he and Josh Allen for the strongest arm in the NFL, and defenses just don't care. They're they're not honoring it. They don't think he's going to push the ball downfield, and if he does, they're they're not worried about you know not being deeper than the deepest. So, you know, that's leading to the lack of a run game. The box is just stacked. You know, they're squatting on routes, and you know they're getting tips and interceptions. There should have been two interceptions, you know, in that game. Um, that were just flat drops. I mean, hitting guys. Michael Jackson got hit right between the numbers, you know, on one. So, and, and it's because they're squatting because they're like, yeah, he, his ball's not getting pushed downfield. I'm gonna jump routes. I'm gonna watch yeah. these guys, and they're gonna be sticks, and I'm gonna jump it. And you know, Guyton would at least offer that threat when he's taken off. You gotta, you know, he's got four three speed, and you're gonna send a safety that way, or at least some help, or you're gonna have a corner playing way off of him. So, like, none of that's happening, and I think that's contributing to the last lack of success in the run game. And, you know, I'm just looking at – I got the, the game pulled up right now, and, like, you know, the flip side of that is – I mean, well, you know, we can just stay there. We'll get to the pass rush in a, in a second and just the defense in a second. But, you know, I don't know what the answer is. You know, it, it looked like early on, like, DeAndre Carter was going to be a nice addition. And, look, man, he was open. He was open on a touchdown throw, and he was open on uh, – after it was 17-14, there was another play where he's there. I mean, he's he's got to step on his guy, streaking, and it's just a check down to to Austin. And like I said, I think there's I don't know what it is. I, I wish I I wish I knew. I'm sure Joe and you know Coach Lombardi and Coach Staley have have better answers than I do, and and so does Justin Herbert and the guys that are in the middle of it all. But man, when when you sit where we sit, you know we have a much different perspective than the players themselves. I mean, we've got the all twenty-two in front of us when we're calling course, the game. Yeah. We're up on the seventh level, so we can see it all, you know. And I'm just trying to figure out, you know, why the shots aren't being taken, you know, and what because the pockets, you know, it's it's all right, it's there, you know, and and we know how good Justin's been in the pocket, climbing it, moving, rolling out to extend plays to use that arm of his. And it just has not happened. It has not happened at all since, really, since Kansas City. You know, there were a couple shots in the in the Cleveland game, but not really. It's just been really one check down and and routes getting broken off um, ever since then. And you know, that's I think you mentioned it, Chris. Part of me wonders, you know, kind of what you said, which is, are, are those ribs a lot worse than they're letting on? And and they're trying to protect the long term of their franchise as opposed to you know allowing him to maybe take some shots in the short term to try to get some wins here in, in 2022. 
Yeah. And, you know, they, they even said it, I think, Coach Staley said it after either the Jacksonville game or, or whatever was after that, is that that's not going to go away overnight. Like, this, this right. rib injury is just something that, that may linger. Offensively, Money, what do they do against Atlanta? Like, I'm trying to think of the guys coming back. Let's say Keenan's back and Mike is not going to be out there. You get Palmer and Parham hopefully back after they were in concussion protocol. Um, there has to be a commitment to, to running the football. Does Isaiah Spiller get more than one touch? Do you, what, what do you do there? Because uh, I think the, the, the loss of Josh Kelly, we didn't really talk about that, but that seemed to have hurt this football team on, on Sunday. They need speed. You know, they need speed. And we said it before the season. There was speculation that, you know, Jamison Williams was there. Would they take him at 17? Is there a speed play? Is it Dotson? Is it one of these guys that they're going to take to to add to that receiver room? You know, we talk, and, and we don't talk, but, you know, it's it's something that I've lifted from DJ, and he lifted it. I don't know which coach he took it from, but you need the basketball team. And right now they don't have a basketball team. You know, they do not have that speed. You know, and when I say that, I mean you need the guys that can post up, the guys that are super athletic and, and, and run exceptional routes, and then you need the speed, you know, the point guard who's just lightning quick getting down the court. That's the idea. They don't have that, and I think until they figure out a way to get it, um, defenses just aren't going to back off. You know, I think that's the, that's the main concern is I think it's tough for them to run the ball because defenses don't, you know, they're just stacking the box. Um, and you know what? They're struggling to run in light boxes too. I mean, there's there's a couple yeah. of those. So I think the, the you know the buy might have come at a perfect time. They got two weeks to really unpack all this stuff and figure it out. Is it is it? I guess what I'm like one of the things I really want to sort of what I'm trying to point out is that that Coach Lombardi has taken a ton of incoming. You know, he is, he is Warren Sharp, and I love Warren. I think he does a great job with his, with his football prospectus that he drops every year, but he has had it out for Lombardi for a while, um, since he got hired, really. So he's going to, you know, exploit any failures on offense to the detriment of, of Coach Lombardi. It's not all on him. There's some plays out there, and we got to figure out why the decisions are being made in the crux of a play call that are being made. Because I do think there's some plays out there. Um, and I know we've discussed it before that Justin's just such a fast processor that the second he sees, because he's able to scan the whole field, and the first guy that he sees open, bang, I'm going to hit him. And for some reason, he's not letting those downfield plays develop enough. Or as soon as he sees that player, he's just content to take that. Um, and it's leaving him with a lot of third downs. And it just has not, it's not been great. Um, it's, it's, it's not been great on offense, but yeah, to answer your question, Chris, I think they, they need to figure out how to take the top off of defense. They need yeah. to get some breathing room out there on offense or else they're going to continue to struggle running the ball and they're going to struggle moving the ball because defenses are just going to pack it in and continue to jump routes and, and just play to stop the run. And I guess that could potentially be a trade deadline question, right? November 1st is the trade deadline. Do you make yeah. a move for a speedy receiver? Do you make a move to try to improve the offense knowing the injury situation on the offense with Mike and, and some of the other pieces. And also, do you try to change the identity of the offense right now? I frankly, I'm not sure what the identity of the offense is, but or the defense. I, I, yeah. Or the defense. But, but I use Chicago as an example. Listen, you're not going to make Justin run the ball with, with those ribs, like the way Justin Fields ran them, but they changed their offense based on 
their personnel and kind of what didn't work the first five or six games of the season. What is that? And I don't have the answer to this. You know, that's that's something for Coach Staley and Coach Lombardi. But what do you do at the bye to maybe say, oh, you know what? This is the strength of our team right now as it's currently constructed. We have to play this way offensively in order to be successful. I don't know what that is. Well, I think, you know, I think you alluded to it at the start of that, Chris. And that's something that we, we talked about, I think it was three weeks ago. Like, it leads me to believe that there's, there's not a move out there. They're just not comfortable making a move midseason. They may not think it'll pay benefits. But, you know, when Robbie Anderson, who's had all of his money tied up in signing bonus, was only going to cost you like a million bucks for the remainder of the season uh, and is, is, you know, essentially traded, you know, to the Cardinals, not essentially traded to the Cardinals for a six and a seventh. That's nothing. I mean, it's, it's very little draft capital. Um, if you go through the, the Chargers roster, how many sixth and seventh round picks are still on the team, you know, from a couple years ago, I know John and Dean made the huge play against the Broncos in overtime. And that's your sixth and seventh round pick. Horvath is a seventh round pick. He had touchdown in each of the first two games, but again, you're talking about someone who could dramatically change the way your offense operates, you know, by bringing in a guy that is a four, three guy who's six foot two and isn't going to impact your cap situation. Um, now there may be, look, the guy was thrown off the field the week he was traded. So they could have just done their due diligence yeah. and said, eh, not worth it. You know, don't, don't want to bring that element in. And there's part of that for sure. But I guess what I'm getting at is it seems like, you know, and then I think about the running, the struggles of the the running game and the fact that Robinson was acquired for a late mid round pick, you know? So like that's by the jets, like that's kind of what I'm looking at. It doesn't seem like the price has been that high for positions of need that fit the Chargers and what they need. So it leads me to believe that, you know, they're content or maybe there's another play out there that that they're keeping their eye on and they would rather, you know, acquire. Because, look, there's going to be teams at the trade deadline that are going to unload guys, you know, for for draft picks, you know. And that's to me, that's the answer. I don't I don't know what the other possible answer could be. I don't think any of the guys on the team are going to turn into four three guys. You know, and Keenan's going to help with his return. Uh, you know, Mike's not gone for the season, so, you know, he'll be back. Uh, corner's interesting. They need a corner. <laughs> There's no doubt about that now. You know, with JC gone for the year, they're going to need to figure out a, a way to get another corner in here unless they feel better about the development of Ja or Dean um, moving forward. But, yeah, they – they need players, you know, injury, the injury fairy has not been kind. Uh, it has been an injury devil to the, to the chargers this season. Yeah. And we've seen a ton of them on defense and you know, we're, we're sensing a theme with the run defense. It seems like every week, except for that Denver game, they've given up a long run for a touchdown or just a long run in general. And the, the latest installment being that Kenneth Walker, who Ooh. Kenneth Walker's incredible. He's an incredible player, man. Yeah. But they helped him. You know, yeah. they, they, they helped them. I mean, my goodness, the, the, every time you looked at, like, there's just, you know, there's certain things like I'm going to the team stats real quick. Yeah. So they're five of nine on third down. They had a third and 15. They had a third and 16. They converted them both, you know, and it's like one, a penalty, one just straight converted it. Um, you know, when you look at their, their rushing yards, they rushed for 214 yards on 34 attempts. I know one of those was the explosive play, but that's, that that doesn't wash away that they were getting fives and sixes and oh, yeah. eights like it was nothing. Um, so that's that's an issue. Um, the run defense is not good. It's just it's not. 
I mean, there's no there's no two ways around it. They restaffed, you know, they they stacked it. We felt better about it against you know Las Vegas and Kansas City, but they still had those explosive plays, you know. And we kind of we were like, eh, you know, Derwin got face masked on that Edwards or that you know that that 52 yard run. We can explain that away, but you can't anymore because we can't we can't say day. take that away and they did this now, right? We can't say do that it every anymore. week. Yeah. It happens every week. Like yeah. I said, this defense gives up the most explosive plays. Um, I think it's it's in the bottom three for explosive plays allowed in the NFL. So, you know, we thought the run defense might be fixed. It's not. Joey Bosa's out. That's a huge part of it when, when you talk about how good Joey is against the run and how good Khalil Mack is against the run. And, you know, on that long run, it was Van Noy that got washed out you yeah. know, on that run. And that would be Joey or Khalil if Joey's healthy. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, you know, I, I understand there's extenuating circumstances, but with the players that are put on the field, you know, it was a very curious, like to me, I, it, I just didn't quite understand the amount of respect they were given Gino in the past game. It just seemed like every snap, there was a lot of cushion. Um, and it was just, you know, they, and, and Pete and, and, the offense were just content to take it, and it just seemed like it was easy. I mean, I'm looking at the 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 pass rush, and there there was none. You know, the, you, you had a uh, couple sacks. You know, obviously you had the interception early, and that's that's the other thing too that I've just found curious, and I'd love to to kind of catch up and try to figure out. I mean, it's not the right time to do it because you know of, of how sideways it's kind of gotten here recently. But like, I don't quite understand the whole hurry up on the sh- third and shorts and the fourth and shorts has not worked this year. Uh, I, I, I haven't looked up to see exactly if it has worked, but I do feel like every single time they rush to the line of scrimmage and I don't know why they do it, what advantage it is they think they're gaining. Um, but, you know, they get the interception to start the game. They get incredible f- field position. Now they've got a fourth and inches and they don't convert it. Now they convert that. They score a touchdown. They go up seven, nothing. I think that completely changes game. the character of the game. Because now Geno's made a mistake. They've capitalized on a mistake. They've gone up 7-0. Um, and I think that certainly sets a different tone. And, and that fourth and, you know, a quarter of a yard, it was like fourth and a foot, you know, or a third of a yard. I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand the advantage that they think they're gaining by rushing to the line of scrimmage and running that play. Because I've seen it multiple times this year, and I've watched it fail damn near every time. So, um that's a bit of a concern. I'm kind of all over the place. I just, look, it was a bad game. No, it, it was it was like Jacksonville. It was a really bad game for this team. And and it's it's one thing. Okay, you convert that and you score. I agree with you. That I think the whole tenor of the game changes. Or you just take the points and you say, hey, we got three free points because of Geno's mistake. And yeah. you start the game. Part of that's Bertolette too, though. You know, Chris. Like remember in in Cleveland, none of his field goal attempts were beyond 30 yards. So you almost wonder if they just didn't quite trust him whatever you know what I mean like a 49 yarder yeah um and you know what I think look we know what this team's identity is they're not kicking a 49 yarder there they're going for it man it's fourth down it's Brandon Staley it's the Chargers what they do which I'm fine with I'm totally fine going for it I just didn't like the play call I don't get how that's an advantage and um again just so many questions when when you come out of a game like that when they look like that um and obviously with the the losses that they incurred. You the know, J.C. Mike Jackson Williams, injury money was was tough to watch. Um, yeah. uh, you know, D.K. Metcalf left that game too, we should say, uh, before that. He was that. the first one to go out. He was the first one to go out. Um, but J.C.'s injury was bad. Um, and 
you hate to see that. You know, I know that he was just trying to get his his footing in general w- with this football team. He was in great the- coverage on that play. He was step for step. He was about to explode and either intercept that ball or swat it away. I mean, he had that thing red. Um, that's the sad part of it is for all yeah. the incoming he's taken. Like he had that play dialed up. He was in great position. And then when he went to leap to make a play on the ball, and he went down, it was just like, oh man. You just you knew it, you know. Yeah. Like, injuries like that, the second they happen, you're like, ah, that's yeah. just man, that's a bummer. Uh, so, so, so JC's not know. coming back, and and you know no. you mentioned the the edge, Chris Rumpf, Your depth is super tested now on the edge with him out weeks, not days, according to Staley. So now it's it's Kyle Van Noy and um, I guess Tuska, right? Right. I mean, those are the two guys. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably bring someone up from, you know, I would guess from the practice squad. I don't have it in front of me right now. I can't think of, I'm trying to think. I mean, Gaziano's more of an interior guy. Um, but yeah, look, since Joey went down, they haven't had any pressure from that spot. You know, it's their, their pressure has come from, you know, the two sacks against the, the, the Seahawks were Morgan Fox and Austin Johnson. You know, they're two interior players and the interior of their line has been super leaky. Um, so they took advantage of that. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a main concern. They just have not had any pass rush on that opposite edge of Khalil since Joey went down. It has not come from Kyle Van Noy. It has not come from, from Chris Rumpf. You know, I think Chris, I want to say here, if I just go to the season, let me uh, hit all, get rid of the preseason here. And Hold up their schedule uh, here. you got Chris who's got 10 total pressures and Kyle Van Noy who's got eight. Um, you know, and, and when you just go through hurries, it's a total of, of 14, you know, between the two of them, it's just not there, you know, they're not, and I don't know what percent and a lot, and you know what, I would slash those by 50% based on this, you know, sometimes it says they're a pressure and the, the quarterbacks already climbed the pocket and delivered a strike. So I would cut those in half. So you're, what I'm getting at is there has not been a lot of pressure on that side. So that's another concern, you know, with Chris down, look, Kyle's going to have to be on a pitch count. He can't play the whole game like Khalil does, you know, so that's, yeah, there's. Whew. We're really getting into it, aren't we? <laughs> I'm well, trying to we, find some some positives here. Then you know what? The record's the positive. They're four and three. The, the record's the positive. But but what's going to be challenging coming out of this bye is you have an unconventional offense in Atlanta who runs the football. Right? You have a 49ers offense who runs the football with now Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. The Chiefs come to town. Then you go to you go to Arizona, and then I mean then we'll know a lot, right? Raiders, hey, Dolphins, the early part of the schedule. You said it, Chris. The early, you, you've said it all season long. The early part of the schedule is where you had to, to get your equity. You know, 6-1, and 5-2. and two. That's what we were talking about. Um, yeah. You know, in Atlanta, and we were all excited about Atlanta. And look, Arthur Smith is doing great things down there. And they are so much more competitive than anybody thought they'd have a chance to be. Um, and you're talking about a quarterback that can run and has 4-3 speed. Um, Cordero's been out, but... You know, their running game state effect. I mean, it's Algier that's there, if I remember right. I think they got yeah, out Algier. of BYU. Yeah, he's been solid. Um, and you've got nightmare matchups. Drake London's been exceptional as a rookie, and Kyle Pitts is a nightmare, and he's finally on, on the same page as Marcus Mariota. You know, their defense Mariota's has been leaky. played well. He's played great. He's played pretty well. He's a good player. You know, Mariota's a good player. He's just always, you know, Mariota's issue has always been he's taken a, a beat too long 
to cut it loose. And it's, you know, it's always been just that extra half second that he can't afford to take that he, he has needed to take. And it seems like he's gotten over that a little bit. He's a more willing runner. He was kind of an unwilling runner for about two years there after he kind of got his butt kicked a little bit. Um, and that's totally understandable. No one wants to get hit by 240 pound guys that can run four, four repeatedly in football games. You know, it's bad enough that you come out feeling like you're in a car crash. You don't want to feel like you've been in 10. So I get that, but I, it seems like he's a little bit more willing now. Um, at this point in his career, recognizing he's at a bit of a tipping point. Um, it's a dangerous team, and it's, it's going to be a rough stretch of the schedule coming out. Um, but hopefully, you know, rest and uh, a reassessment of, of scheme and, and what they do well and, and how to do it, you know, even better is, is going to be their salvation. Real quick on Austin, I mentioned all those receptions what's the best way to use Austin Eckler, right? Especially now with, with Josh down and maybe Isaiah. It seems like they, they favored Sony, obviously, over, over Isaiah last week. Um, what's the best way to use Austin? Because I, I feel like these checkdowns, they just I think they're just going to wear him down, right? You, oh, yeah, because he's taking a ton of hits. Point, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's got 56 catches for 385 yards. That's <laughs> crazy. 6.5 yards per catch. I mean, which means you're getting tackled. You're getting, you're getting dragged to the ground. You're not running out of bounds for an average of seven yards per reception. You know, so yeah, that's, he's getting beat to heck. You know, he's available. He always breaks the first tackle. Um, I, you know, you saw it a little bit. You saw both backs out there a couple different times. But again, I, I know I, I sound like a broken record. To me, it's got to figure out a way to open it up. You know, you've just got to take shots down the field to get defenses to back off. And then that's going to help Austin, you know, because he's not going to be facing eight-man boxes or a bunch of safeties that may look like they're in single or too high, and they're just waiting to creep up and get after them because they just, you know, look, the, 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 the tape is the tape. And it says that this team throws everything underneath, and your average depth of target is like, you know, because of all the – the behind the line of scrimmage passes to Austin. It's like four yards. So that's what they're going to do. I mean, that's what you should do is, you know, play with the numbers. To, you got seven games, you know, of, of information to play. And if that's what it tells you, then – and that was kind of the thing I was getting at with the defense. It's like, you know, I, I know Geno's been pushing it a little bit, but I'll, I'll live with that. You know, I'll, I'll live with him trying to take a shot downfield to DK or, or lock it as opposed to watching him just be able to stand in the pocket with no pass rush and, you know, let these underneath routes develop because you're playing a lot of too high and he's just taking the middle of the field over and over again, you know, for eight yards, for 12 yards, for 14 yards, for seven yards. Um, so I think that's, you know, the, look, Coach Staley and Coach Lombardi, they got their work cut out for him because it's tough. You know, they can't the, – the, the Chargers have not been able to find a pass rush. Um and they've not been able to take the top off a of defense. So essentially, they're giving quarterbacks extra time to throw, asking their corners to be a little bit more sticky than maybe they're possible, you know, than is real, realistically possible. And they're trying to move the ball against defenses that are right up on the line of scrimmage and not giving them any breathing room because they're not taking shots downfield. Next time we, we talk money, the trade deadline will have passed. So we'll see if anything. Uh, comes to fruition there. We'll get into Atlanta a little bit more. Yeah. But we've talked about just the overall mediocrity of the NFL this year. Hey. Uh, four and three has you in the playoffs right now against the Chiefs, like you said. And there's a lot of football to go. Uh, you can catch fire. 
I think we have to see it soon, though, right? It's starting in Atlanta. 100%. I mean, look, I'm, I'm staring at the standings right now. You know, the Patriots were in the Super Bowl, were in the uh, playoffs last year, three and four. The Bengals were in the Super Bowl, four and three. Uh, the Broncos are two and five. The Browns are two and five. The Steelers are two and five. You know, you go to the NFC, and my goodness, you've got both the the Buccaneers, the Packers, and the 49ers. Those are your three favorites to to make the Super Bowl along with the Rams. And the Rams are three and three, and the other three are three and four. It's just yeah. been a weird year. You know, defenses have caught up. Defenses have caught up to offense. That's what this to me. That's the theme of this year. Is you are seeing lowing, lower scoring games. You're seeing exceptional quarterbacks not have exceptional seasons, um, and points are at a premium. And you better be able to cash them. Like you look at, um, shoot, what game am I thinking of? Uh, traded field goals for for touchdowns. Um, ah, that was the UCLA Oregon game. I get my uh, my, my, two, my two levels of football. I was <laughs> like, I can't trade field goals for touchdowns, and I'm like, yeah, that's what happened to UCLA. They were trading field goals for touchdowns, and they lost the game. But you know, that's that's just the story of the season to me. Is defenses have been dominant uh, compared to offenses, and um, you know it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough couple weeks for them, but you know I got faith in them. You know they won nine games last year, and you know they're already four and three. So you know you you kind of string that out, and you're talking about a nine win season again, and that's probably going to be enough to get you in. But you know ten and ten and seven be awfully nice. Yeah, two and one in the division too. I mean. Exactly. Win your division games, and you get the Chiefs here in a few weeks after these uh, these NFC back-to-backs against uh, Atlanta and, and San Francisco. So we'll be back next week. Money, enjoy the rest of your bye, brother. And uh, Appreciate it. You too. Yeah. Chargers Weekly's in the books for the bye week. We go. We'll see you next week.